the biggest thing would be to just go out there and do it. There is no right time. And I found myself in, in different projects we were launching, just waiting for the right moment and, and all the things to align. And I realized there is no perfect moment. So use what you have and make that work and go after it. What happens when nurse-centric scrubs with a mission are born from the Harvard University Innovation Lab? Let's talk all about it with Moxie Scrubs CEO and founder, Alicia Tulsi, right here on episode 361 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is always about you, your personal professional development, your career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, very frequent diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people out there. And here's a very special request for members of the Nurse Keith Nation. If you find value in the show, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith, creating now over 400 episodes if you take into consideration all the bonus ones that have come your way a lot over the years it costs a lot and you can always listen for free but you can choose to pledge as little as two dollars a month to show your support so head over to patreon.com patreon.com forward slash nurse keith to sign up as a patron you can also support the show and nurse keith coaching by referring yourself your pet your family member, your colleague to Nurse Keith Coaching. And if you mention Moxie Scrubs and Alicia Tulsi or the show, you can get 15% off your first coaching package. The show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 361. And we're here today with my new friend and friend of the pod, Alicia Tulsi. And she is the CEO and founder of Moxie Scrubs. And Alicia, I'm so glad you're here. And the first question I really want to ask you is what inspired you or who inspired you to start a scrub company as a non-nurse? You know, it was the nurses who cared for my loved ones growing up. My aunt was really unwell, my father as well. And I was just in awe of the way nurses took care of us and just made us um, at ease. Um, and it, so I was so impressed um, with with nurses in general and this being their career and just how giving and caring this profession is. And when you were observing nurses, was there something other than their caring that you observed? Were there other characteristics or um, traits that you found really inspiring? Well, that, that leads into why I actually named the company Moxie Scrubs. Oh, go for it. <laughs> so when I looked at these nurses, I, I really saw that they advocate for their patients. You know, they're the liaison between the patient and their families, the patient and the doctor, the doctor and the families. And they play this really integral role in caregiving, not to mention that within the first five minutes of the nurse walking into the room, they put you at ease. They create this trust. Um, and I said, you know, First of all, how come no one was looking at nurses? Why was there not a nurse first brand before us? That really surprised me. And when I learned that, I said, I'm going to create a brand for nurses. This is an amazing demographic and they have moxie. You know, mm -hmm. so for those of you who don't know what moxie means, you know, us here in New England, moxie means force of character, determination, grit. I said, nurses are all of those things. 
So I named the company Moxie Scrubs and we launched, or I had the idea in 2019, you know, shortly after the pandemic hit and now everyone's seeing what I was seeing all along that nurses play such a vital role in caring for us. And we saw that time and time again during the pandemic, a lot of nurses even lost their lives helping us on the front lines. I think more than anybody else, nurses embody moxie and our mission is to enhance the moxie in nurses. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I mean, it's better than calling it like gritty scrubs because you'd picture like scrubs with like sandpaper on the inside, you know, wouldn't really work very well. <laughs> so I think moxie is better way- than- yeah. A lot more comfortable than, than grittiness. <laughs> yeah, definitely better than gritty. It's like that that would feel real uncomfortable. Moxie's great. I love it. And I'm from New England too. So I, I get the whole Moxie and grit idea. And it was 2019. You launched this right before the pandemic. We had no idea what was going to be coming. And lo and behold, it was like this incredible moment in history, you know, the first time in a century where we've been put up against a wall like this by a public health disaster of such proportions. And you were focusing on nurses, which is pretty amazing timing on your part. So what does it mean to you to, or what did it mean to you to start a brand when you were in a healthcare professional. So what did you have to learn in order to, to get this off the ground? What were some of the pieces that you were like, oh, I really need to understand this or that or the other thing? There was a huge intersection of a lot of experience I've had in the past. Um, I worked originally in the music industry, creating communities around artists. Um, I did a lot of nonprofit work in New York and um, advocating for for worker rights and um, living wages and things like that. So I had that kind of grassroots background and passion to, to make a difference. Um, what really struck me with nurses, again, was that personal experience with the care that nurses give time and time again um, that I just saw with my own, my own loved ones. Um, but diving into the, the numbers even further, I just really saw nurses. Now everyone's saying it, the unsung heroes of healthcare. But I saw that before the pandemic. It didn't take a pandemic for me to realize that. And nurses are the largest segment of the healthcare workforce. There's a global deficit in nursing today. You know, there's a 30% increase in nursing school admissions in the UK. Um, In the US, that number is 18%. It's huge. I just couldn't believe no one was looking at them before. And now more than ever, they're such an important vital role of, of American healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've been up against the wall for, for a couple of years now, especially. And I hear from them every day. So there's definitely, there's, there are big struggles happening out there. Yeah. So what else makes your, your company different? You did mention to me that you call yourselves the first direct-to-consumer medical apparel brand for nurses. What does that really mean? And how do you how do you define, you know, the the mission underneath the underneath the brand at this point? You know, the mission has always been clear from day one: is to enhance, inspire, and empower the moxie in every nurse. Um, how are we different? Is exactly in the ways that we are doing that. Uh, we have great product. You know, we have IP that's patent pending around the construction of the garment that makes our scrubs. We say the most comfortable scrubs for long shifts. And we have a return rate from our customers that that proves that. 
it's about 1% of our products get returned. Um, and about 40% of our revenue is repeat purchases from nurses, just like those of you who might be listening to the podcast today. Not only do we have a great product that's geared around the pain points that nurses face just from their uniform on the shift, we're as a brand, we're more so than the first direct-to-consumer brand for nurses, we're actually the first lifestyle brand for nurses. So everything we do is about life on the shift and also off the shift. Because nurses are part of so many peer uh, groups. They're so active in their communities. Uh, it's more than just, I go and I show up to my job, I get paid and I go home. Nurses go so above and beyond that. And this, um, this demographic is just so special in that they're drawn to this profession because they already have that altruism within them. So we have really pivoted to not just make great product, but be a beacon for nurse culture. And that's, that's how we want to continue to grow as a brand from focusing on nursing innovation, all from a grassroots point of view, down to creating a lot of content. We put out three blogs a week supporting nurses about the topics that they care about. I don't see any other brand really doing that and focusing on the nurse holistically from, from that point of view. It's more like, here's some great scrubs, you know, you should buy it. And here's the coolest new color, but it doesn't care about you, that nurse and your soul and why you're doing what you're doing and why you get up every day to do that job, which has become front and center now with, as you mentioned, nurses have been up against the wall in the last two years. Uh, you're seeing a lot of nurses leave the profession and that's not okay. It's, you know, as a brand, we want to make that better. We want to make it better for the, the everyday nurse. And we want to create strong community among these nurses, whether it might be, you know, I'm looking to change my career in nursing. Maybe I want to be a pediatric nurse instead of an OR nurse, you know, you name it. We're building content to support you. We happen to have great product, but it's it's really about the nurse first. And we, we say it's finally about you because mm -hmm. we mean it. We It's you first. You're the superstar nurse. Yeah, I saw that on your homepage. It says it's finally about you. I like that. So you mentioned pain points for the nurse around uniforms and scrubs. So let's talk about that for a second. And I'm sure most every nurse listening will probably be able to relate at least to several of these. So what are a couple things? I know you can't give away any intellectual property. I'm not asking you to do that. But what are a couple things you heard that you were like, oh yeah, we definitely need to solve that problem? Nurses wanting to look respectable in their uniform. So fit. Fit was a huge factor. If the scrubs don't fit great, they're boxy, there's ill-fitting, they don't feel confident. And, you know, a lot of nurses are in their scrubs for 12, 16, 18 hours, if you will. Um, this is something that you need to feel really good about um, a wearing. So that's one of the biggest uh, pain points that we heard. The other was that we actually saw this statistic in the industry that 80% of medical apparel is purchased through brick and mortar retail channels. During the pandemic, it started to really pivot to a lot of third party um, resellers online. Um, but that's extremely inconvenient to the modern healthcare professional and especially the modern nurse because the modern nurse doesn't work a regular nine to five job. You know, so this means on your day off, you have to go to a uniform store and order your scrubs and then find the right fit and exchange it and then get it embroidered if you have to. This is really inconvenient to today's workforce. And what did you hear about 
you know, nurses often have to carry a lot of things and pockets can sometimes seem flimsy for maybe the the book or the electronic device or the other things you need to carry. So were you all taking that into consideration? Oh, of course. Nurses love their pockets. So we have Mm -hmm. pockets inside of pockets and pockets for your pens. And what's really great is we have a nice lighter fabric with a four-way stretch and it's also moisture wicking and, and breathable. So it moves with you. But the way we constructed the garment down from, you know, how we make our patterns um, is so that it does the things in your pocket don't weigh you down and change that look and polished um, representation you want to have from your, your uniform. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you mentioned uh, when you mentioned pain points, you also pointed out that nurse culture was really important to you. And we will talk about the nurses who've worked with you to develop the different products. But I'm curious, what have you noticed or learned about nurse culture? And is there anything that surprised you about it or just was something that maybe wasn't what you expected at first? Hmm. Um, that's, that's an interesting question. I think what really surprised me was how much trauma there is in nursing. Um, some of the statistics were really alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, like the likelihood of, of nurses being assaulted on the job is so much higher than other professions. True. Um, nurses having PTSD, um, not having healthy lifestyles. So a lot of nurses are actually overweight. And, you know, I really say this all the time that the well-being of our nurses is the well-being of our people. And how can we as a people be healthy if our caregivers are not? And again, during the pandemic, it really highlighted all of these issues. And I was just alarmed to see that. And that only just fueled the fire under me to to continue to grow this brand and um, push our mission forward. There couldn't be a more pressing time for what our mission is to support our nurses and mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And have you heard from organizations that you're partnering with about what, what your brand is doing and how you can help? Cause I know, I know you're partnering with um, the American Nurses Association and your other organizations. So what, what are those partnerships like and what are you learning from that aspect of the culture of the profession? So many things. Um, it's just no, no two days are the same as we tackle this and start working t- um, together with our partners. Um, a lot of alignment in our goals and wanting to support nurses. Um, obviously, execution has been tough, especially with the pandemic and um, just how disruptive it's it's been. But it's been amazing that our our these organizations, like the ANA, when we first connected, they said, "Finally, someone's putting the nurse first. And I, you know, and I said, "Exactly, that is what we're trying to do." And it, it kind of leading with with our mission first made it kind of just so synergistic to build these partnerships with all of these associations. 
know, most recently we just started partnering with Show Me Your Stethoscope. Mm-hmm. There's six, you know, 650,000 nurses in this group and they're so active and they support each other. You know, when one nurse posts, I had a really bad day, you know, my patient coded or this happened and just the outpouring of support really just moves me. Mm-hmm. That's a great organization. I spoke at one of their, I think it was their second year that they had a rally in front of the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and I was really honored to speak at that event. And they're they're really awesome people who, you know, that whole movement was born out of this moment on um, The View, you know, and uh, that was really interesting for this this explosion online to be born out of a a morning talk show, you know, that was a very interesting um, passage for nurses a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. And, um, you know, over the holiday, we gave away a hundred gifts every single day to their, to the community. And it was operation, you know, holiday joy and operation Christmas joy. And um, so many nurses just reached out and said, I was having such a bad week, but the fact that this showed up in my mailbox was just amazing. Um, you know, and that was just one way, again, from a grassroots point of view, making a difference in each individual nurse that we connect with. Mm-hmm. Down to, to bigger initiatives, um, you know, Keith, we had talked about nursing innovation and us trying to set up a kind of scholarship to foster and help these nurses do this type of work because nurses are at every single touch point of the healthcare system. When you want to talk about healthcare and care innovation, you have to look at the nurse. There's mm-hmm. so many problems that these nurses are solving all the time. I mean, nurses are MacGyvers. That's <laughs> very you, true. <laughs> you know, so I want to really um, foster that and make every generation to come in nursing better. You know, continue that work that Florence Nightingale started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. Those are great things. And putting Florence Nightingale and MacGyver in the same paragraph or same sentence is a really interesting juxtaposition. But I think she would appreciate the the uh, the metaphor for sure. Um, we could catch her up on what MacGyvering means. Um, <laughs> I actually, I happen to know the person who invented the MacGyver character and wrote the first um movie and the series he lives here in santa fe so he like created the actual like what is a macgyver it's like he he was the person who created it it's just an interesting thing you meet interesting people here anyway yeah speaking of innovation when we come back from the break what i want to do is i want to talk about the harvard university innovation lab and how and why you're involved in that because nurses or many nurses are interested in innovation. And there's lots of different ways that that comes to bear on a day-to-day basis, whether it's, you know, innovating at the bedside with some sort of MacGyver technique, right? Or it's nurses who are actually involved in some innovation lab, like the one at Harvard or the one at um, Ohio State, and actually creating apps and creating products and things like that. I want to talk a little bit about you and your history and what got you to where you are. You mentioned the music industry. So I'd just like to touch on that a little bit. And then I have some questions for you that I want to run by you that are just sort of about ways in which you think. 
And I'm trying out this new, it's sort of a beta version of these new questions I want to start asking every guest on the show. So you're going to be the my beta tester. So you up for that? <laughs> I'm up for being your guinea pig. <laughs> All right. That's great. All right. So hang out here with us. We will be right back for the second half of episode 361 of the Nurse Keith Show with Alicia Tulsi of Moxie Scrubs. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. So you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember the show notes where you can learn all about Moxie Scrubs and Alicia Tulsi will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 361. We're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend, Alicia Tulsi. And Alicia, right before the break, we were talking about innovation and we're talking about MacGyver. Um, just that was a little aside. And Innovation is really big in nursing. There are some leaders in the nursing community out there who are very much out front and center when it comes to innovation. There's Marion Leary down at University of Pennsylvania. She has a great podcast called Amplify Nursing, which is on the Healthcare Podcast Network, just like I am. There's um, Tim Raderstorff at Ohio State. There's Bonnie Clipper, who is actually Dr. Bonnie Clipper, the number one nurse influencer on LinkedIn. There's lots and lots of nurse innovators. This Sun CL, the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, um, and Leaders. And then there's the National Nurses and Business Association, of which I'm on the board. So there's lots of nurses innovating. However, the Harvard Innovation Lab is, is new to me for some reason. It hadn't crossed my my consciousness. So what is the Harvard Innovation Lab and what brought you to this space of innovation? Yeah, the Harvard Innovation Lab is an amazing um, incubator community um, where all the ventures are led by current Harvard students or Harvard alumni. So in my very non-traditional life career path, I went back to school and got accepted into Harvard and did a degree in economics. 
Um, so again, when I was really looking at nurses, um, the Harvard Innovation Lab does not take any equity or do the founders have to pay any fees. And what they do is they find these really meaningful startups that they leverage the entire Harvard community globally to support these companies and their missions. So we were lucky to get into the LLX GEO program, which stands for Launch Lab X. And it means uh, ventures that are really coming to disrupt the status quo in their industry. And that's what we set out to do in nursing. So Harvard said, this is amazing. Let's see what we can do to support you. Um, a lot of our investors are from Harvard Business School, for example. Especially during the pandemic, so many people have these meaningful stories and connections with just all these different nurses um, that have been on the front lines. So it became a really meaningful uh, mission that they've supported us. So we were actually the largest investment that the HBS Alumni Angel Group made last year. Congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, as a founder, especially minority women founder, women of color, um, it's not easy to have access to capital. You know, you see a lot of this now in the VC world where they're talking about founders with diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Without, a, a, let's see how I can say that. Without a facility like the Harvard Innovation Lab, it becomes really difficult for founders like me to have access to this type of capital and realize these missions and dreams of, of companies that we want to start. And it gives us access to the kinds of mentors that we wouldn't be able to have access to otherwise, from Fortune 500 companies, um, CEOs and executives, to uh, the investment community, to angel groups, you name it. So it's been an amazing program and community to be a part of, to turn this dream and vision into an actualized um, company today, <laughs> actual uh, live, living, breathing mission that's that's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so the Innovation Lab has lots of other founders doing this type of meaningful work, disrupting their industries and bringing us together to support each other and help solve problems that um, might be very transferable from industry to industry, but very different within each company. Um, but it's been... That's really fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations on being able to tap into that. And my brother, I think I told you, is a scientist uh, leader at the Wyss Institute, WYSS at Harvard, and they spin off a lot of companies too. So it's sort of it's sort of an incubator of its own. Um, I've never been able to visit. I hope I can visit next time I come to Boston. But come the, visit you know, us here at the Innovation Lab. We'll introduce yeah. you to some of the other teams here. I will. And one thing I want to say is if you have any influence, I'm sure, you know, you, you're one of many people there, but, you know, Harvard has a medical school and I'm sure people at the medical school get involved in the innovation lab. What I would really like to see, and, you know, nobody really listens to me, but I would love to see a nursing school opened at Harvard where those students can access the innovation lab at Harvard and have that kind of capital behind them. So just saying, you know, um, in case you're talking to the chancellor, or, you know, whatever, and you can say, Hey, you know, nurse Keith said you could, you should start a nursing school. Harvard school of public health actually launched a, uh, uh, nurses for global health leadership program. 
So anybody part of that program actually can come to the innovation lab and join all the different talks, um, founder talks, workshops, you name it, and take their ideas to the next level. There's also something called the President's Innovation Challenge, where a lot of great foundations give reward capital to these amazing ideas. Um, So I was really excited to see this was something um, recent that Harvard has um, started to make happen. So, of course, you know, Moxie's working on building relationships with them and, again, taking nursing to the next level. So... Of course, they better use our uniforms. <laughs> they better, yeah. Well, thanks for letting me know about that. And that that part of the it's part of the Harvard School of Public Health. You said yes. That's really great. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Now, I wanted to ask you about your company in terms of the nurses you've worked with, because you've you've had nurses actually personally involved in the designing of each product in the product line. And I know the men's line is coming. We'll talk about that in a second. But what is the significance of the product names? Because I've looked at the website and I'm curious what you want to tell us about that. Oh my gosh, this is one of the most exciting parts of the business for me is actually connecting with these nurses um, directly. So each design is named after the nurse who worked with us to come up with that design. So um, for example, we have the Ashley scrub top. This is actually nurse Ashley here in Boston, who worked with our design team to come up with a really nice professional, but fashionable top that's respectable um, that she wants to wear. And I think there's nothing more powerful than nurses creating the scrubs that they want to wear with us. So our best-selling product has been the Justine Jogger that was actually designed by Nurse Justine, again, here in Boston. She wanted a jogger that wasn't going to break the bank, that was versatile, and that was also um, athletic. Mm-hmm. And so we created the Justine jogger with her and just went through so many iterations and now best-selling product. And so every single design um, comes from that nurse who created the scrub that they wanted to wear or that they want to wear. That's fantastic. That's great. I love how they each have have the name of a nurse. That's really nice. And I mentioned the men's line. You said that a men's line is coming soon when you and I spoke last week. So has that been disrupted? Talk about disruption by the um, supply chain issues throughout the pandemic? Because I know you launched just in 2019. Yeah, so we actually went into the marketplace in March of last year, 2021, so not even a year now. Um, And we were supposed to get the men's collection last year, but with the pandemic, we were not able to to execute just with so many facilities being shut down with different COVID protocols and um, their workforce being reduced significantly as a result. Mm -hmm. So it's been tricky, especially as a new company where Um, We're not producing large size runs of each design just yet. So getting our our orders in the queue and competing with other things that these factories and um, suppliers are manufacturing has been really tricky because everybody is backed up. So we're really excited to finally execute the men's collection this year. Um, Hopefully in about six months, it'll be in the marketplace. We have some amazing nurses that are, you know, men have moxie too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I know Keith, we were talking about the Keith design. So oh my gosh, <laughs> we'll have to talk. So let, let's make that happen. But nurses like you, um, yeah. what's the product? What do you, you know, what do you want to wear? Interestingly enough, a lot of our male nurses have requested uh, belt buckle loops. So I thought that was really interesting instead of the drawstrings. So we'll see what what happens. We'll continue to work with other uh, and male nurses and mm -hmm. get their feedback. But that's an interesting one. Yeah, that would be that would be innovative and different. So yeah, we'll have to um, we'll have to see how those develop. So along the way, you know, as you've worked through all of your different pain points as a company. Right. And you've been learning about nursing, you've been learning about healthcare. You've also needed to learn about manufacturing and all these different things, which a lot of nurses out there who've launched their own products have also learned, whether they're medical bedside products or apps or whatever. There's there's a lot involved in launching a company. What would you say to a nurse out there who has an idea? to bring some sort of product to market, whether it's a digital product or it's an actual physical product. What are some caveats you would say from your experience? Like, please learn from my mistake. You know, um, the biggest thing would be to just go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. There is no right time. And I found myself in, in different projects we were launching, just waiting for the right moment and, and all the things to align. And I realized there is no perfect moment. So use what you have and make that work and go after it. But mm -hmm. to that point, that's exactly why um, we want to put together this kind of innovation scholarship for nurses, because coming up with prototypes, building out your website, um, you know, uh, design and you just name it comes with costs and a lot of our nurses have families mm -hmm. they have other expenses so i know that that little bit of of help can really go far to get their innovation juices going and solve all these problems that they're seeing that's a really good point and you know there are probably some amazing ideas out there rattling around in different people's heads nurses minds that are very keen and very geared towards critical thinking and problem solving. But when we're faced with this notion of starting a company or how do I navigate social media or how do I create a prototype? You know, where do I go to create a prototype? Who can I trust? You know, so I think if Moxie can bring that forward and bring just a little bit of capital to nurses who would like to innovate and create something new, that would be a real amazing boon for the profession. So I hope you're able to do that. And just jumping backwards to your history, I just wanted to ask you, you said you worked in the music industry prior to this, right? I did. Um, yeah. More recently in my music career, I worked for Easy Star Records. Mm -hmm. So they're an American reggae label. Um, love just kind of the really positive message that comes out of reggae mm -hmm. and um, just really community and um, helping each other out. You know, you can go to so many concerts, but you can go to a reggae concert alone. I don't think I would go to a metal concert alone. Mm -hmm but you will make friends when you go to a reggae concert. Right. Uh, 
So right. I really loved working with the with the artists um, at Easy Star Records. I appreciate that. Yeah. And what's one thing you learned about innovation and forward thinking in the music industry that you were able to apply to what you're doing now? Is there something that you felt like you could bring forward? You know, it's something that's dear to nurses. It's the power of connection and people. And what I learned from community in the music industry and the way artists support each other and, and fans support their artists and what the artist stands for and what their music stands for is exactly the same for what so many of our nurses and healthcare innovators are doing. So that definitely is not different at all. That heart, mm-hmm. that human beings across the board have very similar motivations and that could not be clearer to me from, from the arts to then to business. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Now, as we wind down, there's, there's a lot more to talk about, but I want to ask you a few questions that I told you I'm beta testing to ask my, um, each guest that comes on the show. And I'm actually inspired by Alan Alda, by his podcast, Clear and Vivid. And he has a set of questions about communication that he asks all his guests. And I'm often very surprised by the differences in their answers. So I want to beta test these on you and see what you think of these questions. So the first question I have for you is, how do you define success? Oh, gosh. Success for me might not be the same for everyone. But it's the alignment of that joy that you feel getting up in the morning and doing what you, what sparks that joy for you. I think that is career success. Um, Financial success is having the financial freedom to pursue what brings you joy. And wellness and healthy success is when you have the alignment of that, your, your, um, mind-body connection is is healthy, and so success for me is the alignment of living your life in a way that all of these areas are in harmony with each other. Nice one! Wow, you're 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 going to be a tough act to follow on that question. Okay, and <laughs> how would you describe one person who's inspired you in the course of your life? Oh my goodness! Hmm. Okay. I'll be a little silly. I'll give you two people. Okay. 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 Professional answer. Um, When I first started this venture, there was a lot I didn't know. As you mentioned, supply chain, prototyping, raising capital. I didn't know any of these things. But listening to podcasts like yours, I learned so much from the podcast guests. And so one in particular, I listened to Guy Raz's podcast on repeat, like every single day. Day. Oh, yes. How I built this. Yes. Great and podcast. Yeah. I, so that would be the professional answer. Um, Good one. Just these stories, but <laughs> the personal one mm-hmm. um, super fangirl of the Goo Goo Dolls since I was like 12 years old. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> so John Resnick has overcome so many hardships in his childhood, but still found this amazing career as an artist, um, doing what he loves and um, 
being really accessible to his fans and the community around the band. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a really silly one, but I wanted to say that because there, there's something to be said about being really true to yourself and, you know, with the music that brings you joy and the things that uplift you. So to this day, when I'm having a hard day, I still put on a Goo Goo Dolls record. <laughs> that's great. I think many of us have music from our earlier years that still holds resonance for us. And whether it's nostalgia or just a, a warm feeling or just brings us back to some positive moment or memory in our lives or moment of empowerment. It's really important. So I appreciate that. And this is related to music because this has to do with creativity, but is there a book or a movie that's had a really major impact on either the way you think or the way you live your life? Oh, that's so interesting. And this Give, it says a lot about my personality. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really telling. Um, mm -hmm. Favorite movie was Ever After with Drew Barrymore, um, the Cinderella story. Okay. <laughs> I love I love the underdog. Um, I love that version because she rescues herself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and for book, I, I would have to say The Alchemist. Oh, by Pablo um, Coelho. Pablo yeah. Coelho. Coelho. Yeah. Good choice. Very good choice. Okay. That's a good one. And here's the last one. You were talking about your younger self because you mentioned the Goo Goo Dolls and Drew Barrymore and you know things you liked when you were younger. What's a piece of advice you would give to your 18-year-old self right now? If she would listen, um, let's just assume she might actually listen to what you had to say. Well, 18-year-old Alicia, I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> she is. Go for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It would just be like I said, go for it. There is no right moment. Go for it. The world is your oyster and anything is possible. And funny enough, going back to the Goo Goo Dolls, what really shaped my paradigm that anything is possible was at 19 years old, I won a meet and greet uh, ticket to meet the Goo Goo Dolls at one of their concerts. Wow. And, awesome. And I met John Resnick. And um, while I was on the line to get my photo taken with him, I had my guitar on my back and I looked so seen and cool mm -hmm. that he actually stopped the line and spent about half an hour talking to me and getting to know me. Wow. Awesome. And to have your idol, you know, since you were 12, now 19, give you mm -hmm. that type of time and, and respect was, I walked away to this day with that motivation and inspiration that I can make my dream a reality like John Resnick made his and meeting him made me believe and see that anything is actually possible. Not easy, mm -hmm. but possible. Wow. These, this great. Well, this is the beta test of these four questions and you, you just like slayed it. So that was really <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for being my Guinea pig. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alicia, thank you so much. You're you're amazing and you've created something really, really special. And I'm so glad you reached out to me and that we've connected. And I look forward to meeting you next time I'm in Boston, maybe this summer. So thanks so much. And we look forward to everything that Moxie Scrubs will be doing in the years to come. Thank you so much, Keith. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast. 
Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this awesome episode of the Nurse Keith Show. Remember, you can learn all about Moxie Scrubs at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 361. You can find Moxie Scrubs at moxiescrubs.com, M-O-X-I-E scrubs.com. They're also on social media. So make sure you find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also find them on LinkedIn. If you need personalized holistic career coaching, please make sure to look no further than nursekeith.com. Mention Alicia and Moxie Scrubs, and you can get 15% off your first coaching package. And if you would like to support the show, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash nursekeith. The Nurse Keith Show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network over at healthpodcastnetwork.com. We are adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Before we say goodbye, I'll leave you from this quote, one of my favorite quotes ever by the musician Robert Fripp. Speaking of musicians, he said, may my living honor my parents and may my living repay the debt of my existence. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful and chilly Santa Fe, New Mexico. And Alicia Tulsi saying Arrivederci from Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts, home of many members of my family. Thank you, Alicia. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the flip side. 